Have you guys seen this? Has anybody seen this? Yes, it's called As We Wait, and it's an Advent resource. Uh, it's a reading every day, starting today, from um, starting today uh, right up until Christmas Day. And so, as we start Advent, as we prepare ourselves leading up to Christmas, but more than just Christmas, this sense of this season of the next four weeks. Uh, growing in what Advent is. But I would just encourage you to pick this up. We have a digital copy on our website. That's the best way to, to get this. But we do have a couple of hard copies at the back if you specifically um, need a hard copy. But you can get it off our website and print it out as well. And uh, we'll have it there for you. So it starts today. So you can start reading this today and, uh, and going with it. So Advent is something we start today, and it's part of the church calendar. We don't tend to talk about the church calendar a lot here at Westside, but Advent's such a beautiful season of anticipation, of kind of putting ourselves in the mindset of what it was like uh, to live before Jesus arrived on the scene 2,000 years ago. The hopes and longings of Israel, the hopes and longings of the world, uh, longing, longing for God's kingdom. And Advent is that sense of anticipation that we, we, we kind of put ourselves back in that. But we also anticipate God's coming kingdom, his, the, the reign of Christ and the coming of Christ and the new creation. And so today we start a series, um, an Advent series called Devotion. And I want to throw out this question to you. If you had to fill in the blank, and you had to fill in the blank here, and you said, I've devoted my life to... What, would, what, what word would you put there? I mean, you don't have to say it out loud, don't worry. But what, what word would you put there? I've devoted my life to... What, 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 how would you fill in that blank? It's not an easy question, but I think you've heard this enough. Sometimes you hear politicians say this. I've devoted my life to public office, or I've devoted my life to the good of the community. Sometimes you hear people say, I've devoted my life to public education or a justice issue or a local issue. Sometimes we even say, I've devoted my life to a spiritual vision of you know, seeing people uh, come to faith and, and things like that. So I don't know how you would fill that out. Some people are devoted to definitely other very important things like family and friends, uh, maybe a spouse, a job, a vision for something. But I think when you look under the surface, you'll find out that you can discover what you're devoted to. We'll talk about this later as we close. But if you track your spending or track your time or track your conversations, you might discover how you might fill in the blank or how might someone fill in the blank for you uh, if they know you well enough. Uh, they might tell you what you're devoted to. And the word devotion is, a, is an amazing word. It's a, it's a word or another word for worship. We can use them almost simultaneously. When we, when we say that we are worshiping God, we're saying we're devoted to him. And often the word devotion is really tied to worship because the word worship is really the, an older word that you would almost say it's worth-ship. You're giving worth to something. You're saying something is worthwhile or worthy of something. And so we often devote ourselves to people or things that we give worth to. And if we get real honest, we might say, well, what are we devoted to? What do we worship? These are the things we, we love. And I think that's a fitting theme for Advent. One of the words in Advent, there's four words in Advent, peace, hope, joy, and the other one is love. And love is an Advent theme. And love can be like a nice word, a romantic word, a word we kind of like flippantly use around for certain things. It's a word that encourages us to do good things, to accept other people. But for the next few weeks, I want to tie 
uh, I want to tie our love to, I want, to our affections, what we are affectionate about. And I want to tie our love or our affections to our worship, to our devotion, to the parts of our lives, get this, that really reflect who we are. Not what we necessarily just intend to do or what we say we're about, but for the parts of our lives that really reflect who we are. So we're, gonna, we're starting this series today called Devotion. And we're going to use this word throughout the next four weeks. There's a, a guy by the, an author by the name of James K.A. Smith, and he wrote this really great book, You Are What You Love. And he's a philosophy uh, teacher Christian in a Christian seminary. So he's like theologian, philosopher type of thing. And he, he, can't, he, he wrestled with like years and years of seeing like people go through school and people get degrees and people go through seminaries. And he realized we teach people intellectually how to, how to follow Jesus. We teach people intellectually what it means to, to be a Christian. And even though he's like super smart, you can read some of his books and he's dumbed down like 900 page books so people like, like you or me can read it in 150 pages. Maybe you could read the 900 pager, but I sometimes need the 150 pager. He's that smart, but he, he realized something in his whole journey as an academic that we've lost the capacity to actually shape people's imagination. Instead of just giving people information and kind of like feeding their intellect, they've lost the imagination of what it means to know God and love God. And he writes this book called You Are What You Love. And he says in the book, he says, you are what you love and you love what you worship. And we could just stop at that phrase and you can think about that and say, oh yeah, what does that mean? What do I love? And if this is what I love, then what, who am I? Do I really love what I worship. So what do I worship? It's a great phrase uh, to keep before you. As we jump into it, I, wanna, I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 42. And um, we're going to just read two verses of this incredible psalm. Some of you might be familiar with the opening lines of this psalm. But I think it, it helps us get a grasp of, um, of this topic that we start today. So here, here we go, first couple of verses of this psalm. As a deer longs for flowing streams... So my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? Let's pause and pray. Father, we long to, um, to hear from you today. Even as we prayed right from the outset, um, you have something uh, special for us in store for us. And some of us particularly need to hear you in a particular way, and you know how. And so get our attention today, we pray. Open our hearts to what uh, you want us to know and hear. We bring this text and um, these next few moments to you, God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This psalm is an interesting psalm because it's a psalm about a pursuit. And it's really like the Israelites longing to get back to the temple and to worship. And as the, the writer opens up uh, just the, the, the first, first few words, and you can read it, as the deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. You might know, if you've heard the song, you might hear the words, as the deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you. But the, to pant like a deer pants for water or to thirst for something is really a longing. And, and I love how, how we see this in this psalm. And I want to ask this question. When we think about... This, just this metaphor, longing for something. 
whether it's the deer longing for water or uh, like someone's soul longing for God, I want to ask you this question. What do you love or long for? Just think about that for a second. What do you love? What do you long for? It's a, it's a good question because when you ask that question, you're like, why are we asking that question? That question reveals our devotion. That question reveals what's important to us. That question reveals, if we answer it honestly, who we are. See, what you love and what you long for will actually tell you who you are. What I love and long for tells me who I am. And it tells me something else. It tells me what I worship. It tells you what you worship. Like Smith said, you are what you love. You love what you worship. When we ask this question and think about it, what do I love? What do I long for? It tells us who we are. It tells us what we worship. See, people ultimately believe that what they're devoted to gives them life. I think so. I think like if you're involved in something, if you're pursuing something, if you're reaching for something, if you're spending time in something, whatever it is, it actually, you're doing that because you ultimately believe that it gives you life. You ultimately believe that it gives you some kind of purpose, some kind of ultimate meaning. In fact, the philosophical word for that is the word telos, which is the word for goal. What's the ultimate goal of my life? What's the ultimate goal for me? And when you think about the metaphor of the deer, here's this deer that's longing for flowing streams. I was just reminded that I hit a deer a couple of weeks ago with my car. And I, I stopped it from going to the streams. I feel so bad. Um, I'm sorry. I just messed up the whole metaphor for you guys. Um, but let's get back to Psalm 42. So, so, so anyways, what do we do with that? I, I'm so bad. I'm so, anyways. So think about that. Here's this deer longing for, and I, I love this because the deer's longing for flowing waters, for streams. It's simple enough, right? I get it. A deer longing for flowing streams of water, but it's not still water. It's not dead water. It's not stagnant water. It's not even rainwater. It's the deer longs for streams of water. For flowing streams. Why flowing streams? Because flowing streams are fresh and clean and cold and there's life in that water. The deer is not drawn to necessarily other kinds of water. And if you're thirsty or you're longing for something to drink, you usually open the tap and let the water run or you open the fridge and get some cold, fresh water out because you long for fresh water. And this deer is longing for a flowing stream because the deer is longing for life. The deer is longing to be refreshed and be renewed. It's reaching for something to give it life. See, something it believes it will find in the flowing water. So it reaches for it. It longs for it. And you and I do that. We reach for things. We long for things. We pay attention to certain things. We, we do that because we believe that these things will give us life. We believe that there's some kind of like flourishing there, some kind of renewal there for us, some kind of purpose there for us. So we reach for these things because ultimately we believe that these things give us life. And so we spend our money on things and we pay attention to certain things and we learn from certain people or books and we spend time on things and we eat certain things because these things give us life. We think they give us life. And so because we believe that, we reach for them, we long for them. And they can be education, knowledge, relationships, career, entertainment. It could be religion, philosophy, an ideology. It can be people, platforms, whatever it is. And 
when you think, well, why do, why do we do that? Well, we do that because we're looking for life. We're, we do that because we're longing to flourish. So this deer longs for flowing streams of water, and the psalmist says his soul longs for God. His soul longs for God. The psalmist admits that he longs for God like that deer longs for flowing streams of water. That he longs for God because he longs for life. He longs for God because he longs for, for something that will flourish, something that will be a vision that flourishes. And he's discovered the source of that life, and I bet you he's probably discovered the substitutes for God. And he's probably discovered the substitutes for life. Deers do this pretty normally. If they find something that doesn't really help them, they kind of move on. My dog does this all the time. I could throw something in front of her, and if it's not, she's not interested in it, she will not stay. She'll just kind of move on. She won't even put it in her mouth. But when fresh water's there or her food's there, she, she will do anything. She'll, just, she'll sit for like three minutes before I tell her it's okay to eat. I don't take three minutes to do that to her. But, but she knows. She gets it. This will give me life. This will not. This is just a fuzzball on the floor. The the psalmist has discovered some substitutes along the way, and he says, my soul longs for God. The substitutes don't work. So ask the deer what they love or long for, and they will say, fresh water. Right? Ask the deer what they long for, they'll say fresh water. Ask your soul what it longs for, and it cries for God. Ask your soul what it longs for, cries for the living God. Now, here's the hard question, because we ask the question, what do we love or long for? But here's, the, here's your important question as we start the series today. Do we know what we love or long for? Do we even know what it is? And there's a right answer to that, right? Like, if I say, what do you long for? What do you love? You, all of us have right answers for that. All of us have good answers for that. When your mom asks you where you've been, you know the right answer, but you also know the honest answer, right? You get it? When my daughter says, Dad, are you on the phone? I know the right answer. My answer is, my, the right answer would be no. But the honest answer, and because my daughter says, Dad, I can tell by the sound of your voice that your chin is down if I'm in another room. So don't lie to me, Dad. <laughs> right? So my honest answer is, okay, Julia, I'm on the phone. See, I know the right answer. The right answer that she would like to hear or I'd love for it to be true would be, no, I'm not on the phone. But the honest answer is, okay, I'm on the phone. See, what, what do you love or long for? Or how do you know what that is? See, there's a Christian answer, there's a moral answer, there's a civil answer. But then there's an honest, honest answer. And the honest answer might actually be a substitute for God. It might be one of these substitutes. And that's okay if it's your honest answer. At least you need to be honest. At least it's honest. But really the question is that we want to get to today is, well, how do we know? How do we know what we long for in love? I want to point you to two things. One is your heart, and secondly is your hands. Our heart and our hands. Because the psalmist writes about our soul. The soul, my soul, he says, longs for God. He's talking about the deepest part of who he is. And that's our heart. 
The psalmist looked deep within himself to discern what he loves and to discern what he longs for. And maybe we, don't, we can't read the background story and we, we might you know, understand that he's probably searched for other things, but he recognizes his heart does long for God. We have to look at our heart as an important place to start. J, James Smith said, said these words and uh, he said this, to be human is to have a heart. You can't not love. You cannot not love. So the question isn't whether you will love something as ultimate. The question is, what will you love as ultimate? So the question isn't like, will you love something? We're all going to love something. We're all human beings. We're all made to love. We cannot not love. But we're all made to love something as ultimate. Remember that word telos, philosophy? That's the ultimate meaning. We're all made that way. We all have a heart. Martin Luther said this. He said... Whatever your heart clings to and confides in, that's really your God. Whatever your heart clings to and confides in, that is your God. We, need, we, can look, we want to ask the question, how do I know what I love? How do I know what I long for? We need to look into our hearts. Why devotion and worship are tied together. We need to look at our hearts. But you know what? If we're honest, our hearts is not enough. We can't just trust our heart. We can't even, we can't just, because it's so hard for us to look so deeply to really discern what we really long for, what we try and reach for. I think we need to look at our hands because our hands tell us a lot more than our heart. Our hands tell us what we're about. Our hands tell us what we're involved in. Our hands talk about our actions, our activity. Devotion is manifested in our practices and in our habits. Your devotion, my devotion is manifested in my habits not just in my heart. No one sees my heart, but it's manifested in my habits, through my hands. What do you do? What do you practice? What, what do you repeat? What are your habits? What are you in the habit of doing? So my kids know that I'm devoted to their health because I make them a lunch every day. Well, maybe they think that's not devoted to my health because the lunches aren't that great, but he's devoted to filling my stomach, at least. They know that I'm devoted to filling their stomach. They know that. My kids also know that I'm devoted to fueling mission because they, they see a repeatable pattern in our giving and in our tithing because we, we're committed. There's a devotion there. It's in our practices. It's in our habits. But they also know that I'm devoted to my phone because I'm in the habit of holding it. And I'm in the habit of reading emails or as my son says, that I, I know you're reading an article. I get it. Because there's a habit of doing that too often. Beth um, Weaver, who works with us in our operations and coordinating, and she came to the office one day and she proud, proudly showed me this picture. And this picture is her front lawn in November. Look how awesome that looks. Um, it's really good, eh? It's really beautiful. And um, it's amazing what people love to share about at the office, what they're proud of, and that's Beth. Um, so, so I'm sure you guys do that, right, at work and throughout the day. Now, when we see that, we're like, well, no, please go back. Keep it, Beth. Keep it. She's on, she's on, the, she's on the computer today, so she has control. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Now, before I go on, Beth, I asked her if I could use that picture. So, and she said yes. So she knew that I was going to figure something out to, you know, to fix up this story. But see, so we can, we can tell by that picture that Beth has some serious habits. She waters consistently. Um, she fertilizes she weeds her lawn, and her husband, John, has told me that often he's found her on her hands and knees 
manicuring with scissors. Like that's how, how much she, she's committed to this lawn. And so how do we know what Beth longs for? How do we know what Beth loves? We know because of her habits, right? Isn't that true? Oh, poor Beth. But she's, she's devoted to her grass. We get it. Not all of you are devoted to your grass. Some of you, don't laugh at her because some of you are devoted to other things. Some of you are devoted to other things and we just don't know the habits. But, you know, we're going to check around and see what pictures you share that, that tell about your habits. But, but that's the question, right? We get it. So what are you devoted to? What do you love? And that's where we're starting today in this series. You look at your heart and you look at your hands. You look at your heart and you look at your hands. This is where we're starting today. I'm going to ask the team to come up uh, as we slowly come to a close. But we want to, and here's what we want to do. We want to track our heart and our hands over the next week or so. Uh, Louise, you can come up in a second. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen this app. It's, uh, it's called the Lose It app. And uh, it's helpful to lose, to lose weight. And it's interesting. And, and um, I have it on my phone. I don't use it too often, but I have it on my phone. And, uh, and, and here, but now here's the thing. You, you can plug in like what you've eaten for breakfast and lunch. Now, if you're really honest, it tells you exactly how much calories you've, you've used and all that kind of stuff. It scans, uh, you know, bags and like codes and all that kind of stuff. And so you can really track what you eat. So if you're really serious, if you really want to know what you eat, if you really want to know what goes in your system, how many calories, you can track it using this app. And, and it'll help you um, kind of reduce your calories and all that kind of stuff. Well, here's, and here, here's what I want to do with us as we start this series. For the next week, why don't you, I'm going to ask you, will you track your heart? Will you track your hands? What are you involved in? What are you doing? What do you pay attention to? What do you spend money on? Where do you spend the most amount of time? What do you find yourself looking at a lot? What's in your heart? What's manifested through your hands? And, and this question just... I read this question and I had to throw it in here because it, it really haunted me when I read it. Here's the question. Can you say amen to everything you love? Amen is a word we often say at the end of a prayer. Yes, God, let this be true. Yes, God, be at work here. Yes, God, we affirm this. As we track this, can we say amen to the things we love? Can we say amen to that? So this week, this is, this is our goal this week as we start this series. Track your heart. Track your hands. You do it on, in a journal, with your phone, piece of paper, whatever. And just ask yourself, what do I, what do I love? What do I long for? And how are you going to know that? By actually looking in and figuring that out. Now, as we wrap this up, I want to wrap this up in a moment where we can just at least take some time before God and, um, and come to him and invite him to start shaping us. Because throughout the course of this series, as we walk through this Advent series, we're really going to say, what shapes our loves? What shapes what we love? What shapes our longing? And we're going to discover this starting next week, that there are rival things out there in our world that want to shape what we love, that want to shape our devotion. That's why it's important we start tracking it. But um, you guys can start. As, we, as I was thinking about Jesus' words in John 21, you don't have to turn there or we're not going to read it all, but he, he speaks to one of his disciples, and he asks his disciple three times the same question. And he asks the disciple this. He says, do you love me? Three times. Do you love me? He's talking to Peter, and Peter is like, Jesus, you know I love you, right? 
And Jesus asks again, do you love me? And then three times he asks this question, do you love me? I think it's so vital because at this one of the last scenes that we see with Jesus and the, and the disciples, Jesus doesn't say, do you remember everything I've taught you? That's important. Or do you have the theology written down, Peter? That's important too, right? Um, that's all really important. But Jesus asks, do you love me? James Smith says these words. He says, Jesus isn't content to simply deposit new ideas into your mind. He's after nothing less than your wants and your longings. Jesus says, do you love me? And I want you to just listen here because the next few weeks we want to prepare our hearts for this. There's a battle in our world for your longings, for your heart, for your devotion. That's so important to understand right off the bat. But Jesus is saying, do you love me? And so as we just start this series and start today, I want to just take, just close in the last couple of minutes, just saying, hey, Lord, I want to be open to really tracking my heart and my hands. What do I love? What do I long for? And I want to start right now in this moment to invite you to start shaping my heart, shaping my decisions, my love, my longings. And I think this song we're going to sing, we sang it already earlier this morning, um, is part of, I think, the psalmist's desire. My soul longs for you. And, and you know what? L- listen what the psalmist says at the end of this, those two verses. If you can go to that last slide. The psalmist asks this question, When shall I come and behold the face of God? When shall I come and behold the face of God? Right? A deer pants for water, longs for water. My soul longs for you. I'm thirsty for you. But then the psalmist asks, When shall I come? That's, his, that's the desire. When shall I come and behold the face of God? So let's end this morning this way. Before we close in prayer, just lead us in this song, guys, and we'll take some time. And I invite you just to come before God in an open way. Let him speak to you. Father, our our heart and our flesh cry out for you, the living God. You give us water to our souls. For you are the living God. As the deer longs for flowing streams of water, our soul longs for you, God. We thirst for you, the living God. When can we come boldly before your throne? God, I pray that um, as we start this series today, as we start this season of Advent with this theme of love and devotion, God, we just honestly come before you. We know what the right answers are. But the right answers are not what you desire from us in this moment. You long for the honest ones. And so we just uh, humbly come before you. Give us the courage and grace to look into our hearts, to reflect what we do with our hands, so we can discern um, how our, what we are really devoted to and what shapes our devotion. So we start here today and invite you to do your work, the work of your spirit in us. God, for some that are struggling here to, to give this to you, God, I pray that they would know right in this moment how deeply you love them and long for a flourishing life for them. May they make a step of trust to you, even as we pray to begin to trust you 
and to trust your invitation to follow Jesus, your son. In your name we pray. In your name we pray, God. Amen.